What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 13, Main Stand Podcast, season two. Boys, how's it going? It's good. Yeah, it's, it's the first non, uh, just like hard intro intro we've had. That was pretty. That was pretty blunt. Pretty set in stone. Here yeah. is the episode. It's the yes. first time in a while. I know. Yeah. Usually we get on a, a good topic at the beginning of the call, but I think we're all uh, pretty straightforward tonight. Mm, yeah, it's, uh, it's all work, no play until we start talking about Darwin Nunez. <laughs> We're going to get into it. We're going to get into Darwin Nunez later. Uh, first, let, let's bring it back to last weekend, boys. Uh, let, let's catch up. Um, let's talk about the main Mariners for a second. Had a night out. Had a night that was out sweet. Yeah, shout out the main Mariners for hosting us at the home opener. Unfortunately, they lost, but it was, uh, it was a really good time. Me and Pat had a great period. time, given yeah, soccer references. If you if you followed along the story on that uh, we had up on Instagram, you know the guys around us absolutely hated us. Uh, there were two dudes behind us that were talking about the game in Russian the entire time. What's it Russian? It was, <laughs> I it was like hundred percent. It was definitely that was not French. Those dudes were speaking Russian. We're not gonna get into what language they were speaking. The only language I was paying attention to was getting caught up by old co-workers fans and season ticket holders while we were at the game so i missed like the whole third period which was the best part of the game but got to try some new beer uh the the new slap what's it slap shot session ale slap shot session ale baby it rocks uh, it fucking was it awesome ro- it was fantastic let uh let those boys talk about the beer i uh i got to help pick it up at the end of the game but we're gonna have some content coming out leading up to the uh the Mariners <clears throat> USA Soccer Night, um, just kind of centered around the uh, the Black Friday game as well as the USA versus England match. So still uh, still looking to have a, a good night out limo ride from Monument Square down to Rira VIP food and drinks uh, before the game, uh, and then you get a an ice level lounge ticket. Uh, so if you're looking for something to do after the USA England game, when USA blanks England, the Lions are going down. We got you hooked up. The main Mariners have a game that night. So yeah, and you leave It'll with some alt. beer and a scarf. So correct. Or Mitch, just on the other hand, let's be realistic yes. for a second. Yeah, the hockey game is going to help numb the pain when Harry, I can't speak English, Kane scores four on us. We don't need to think like happen. that. We don't. No, 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 no. I, I wish I had your level of optimism going into nah, anything. Nah, World it's Cup. not gonna happen. That, USA is gonna win the World Cup. Come on. What's 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 going on here? Fingers crossed. Where's brother. the confidence, bro? I can't even be sarcastic about it, man. I just can't. The buildup is coming quickly. We're uh, three weeks out or so. So I mean, it, it's coming right up. Feels weird because so, yeah. we haven't had a World Cup. It feels like in so long. Like we were all just in different stages of our life when the last world cup was on so it's gonna be interesting to enjoy this one. Oh, i can't wait i love the world cup i love rooting for messi when the u.s eventually crashes out did you guys see that um a robot predicted that argentina will win and england will go out in the semifinals in penalties to portugal mm, they, yeah them having portugal in the final was enough for me to know that, that robot doesn't know what it's talking about <laughs> Dumb you know, robot. Ray, Portugal, I think I think our friend Roman would probably disagree with you. No, our friend Roman would agree with me. We've been talking about it. Oh, oh we're not favoring Portugal to go far in the World Cup? 
his thoughts about the Portugal head coach are our thoughts about Greg, but his players are actually good. Yeah. I was going to say, they're loaded <laughs> with talent. <laughs> Imagine having talent and a bad head coach. God. I'd kill for that. Be cool. Yeah, at least individual brilliance could win games. But anyway, that's not this or that. But it is the main Mariners hockey night, and that was housekeeping with the extremely disorganized guys at the main stand. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's been rainy. I, I like not even gonna lie before we get into soccer talk. The other day, I woke up at 5 a.m. just like shot out of bed, and I wholeheartedly thought it was 5 p.m. And I didn't realize how late it, or like how early it was, until I got to Augusta and saw that the Target parking lot was completely empty. This is like the day after the game that we went to, and I was just so disoriented. And I turn on, um, I turn into the parking lot, and Target's just completely empty. And the girl at Starbucks it looked like I had probably seen a or, or killed somebody because I I was so distraught about finding out that it was 5 a.m. and not 5 p.m. I missed a, I thought I missed a whole day. Still goes to Starbucks even though he thinks it's 5 p.m. I was just getting my day started, okay? I wanted a coffee. <laughs> That's comedy. Uh, uh, anyway. Brain fog is me. You know what else I think is comedy? Here's a great switch. Is oh. uh, Josh is going to sit here and try to tell us that Darwin Nunez doesn't stink. Well, okay, well... First things first, it's been a, a up and down week for me and Mitch. We had the off yes. the city game. Uh, you know, we beat West Ham, then we drop points or well, we lose to Nottingham Forest in an extremely frustrating game. And then we go last night and you know easily stomp Ajax. But what I want to talk about today, and we're not going to do like the necessarily. We'll do a little bit of Champions League review later. Um, but I want to kind of talk about Darwin Nunez at the start of the episode. I think he's just getting loads of nonsense hate. Uh, and I have some examples here. I have some stats. We have some logistics behind this. Uh, I think he's going to crack on and score 20 this year. He's on well on pace to do it. Um, I think with, like, the context of, like, Liverpool's signings, I think he's a really good signing so far. Um, he, he is a little bit of a live wire, a little bit of an enigma, and he does play like shit a lot of times. But Diago Jota does the same thing, and he's praised as a Liverpool hero. Uh, and I love Jota, too. But Jota doesn't always have the best games, uh, but he goes on and scores the goals, which is why we bought Darwin Nunez. Doesn't score as much as ha Holland, but if that's what we're comparing anyone to, then everyone is going to be a failure. Um, hmm. Darwin already, I, I think it's just seven starts so far, seven starts and four um, sub cameos. Already has six goals and an assist, and it's scoring at a clip of .85 goals per 90 minutes. Um, when you compare that to Gabriel Jesus, that's uh, his rate's only .42. So he's clipping almost double that, and he's outperforming his XG. No, he's missed some easy chances, but he's scoring the difficult ones. The easy ones will come, in my opinion. I think the bottom line, what I kind of want to get across today, is that Darwin Nunez is going to score fucking loads of goals for Liverpool. And he's still young. This isn't like Lukaku at Chelsea where he's a molded player and he's just, you can't really build on touch when you're 30 years old. Darwin Nunez is going to get better under Jurgen Klopp and he's going to be a proper, proper forward. So I do think some of what you're saying is true. I do. I think 
he got unfairly compared to Holland because they were bought at the same time. Um, I think, however, a lot of your fan base, not maybe not you, but a lot of your fan base expected him to be what Holland is, which was an unfair comparison from the get-go. I also think, I wouldn't say the banter he's getting is completely unfair. He scored a constant, like a, like a late goal in a 3-1 win in the Community Shield, and he took his shirt off. I think that you can get bantered a little bit when you miss an open net or two, when you do things like that. I think he's a good player. I think he's going to come good. I think 20 goals is probably fair. Are we talking all competitions? I think 20 in all comps. Absolutely. I think he hits that. I do think he'll be a good player. I think that he has a lot he needs to improve on just all around game. It's pretty much the same areas I think Holland needs to improve. I don't think that they're phenomenal passers of the ball, and I don't think that they're great in the buildup. I think Nunez might be fractionally better than Holland at things like that. Um, But at the end of the day, when you make a big money move like he did to a club like Liverpool, at the same time a player like Holland did, you're going to get those comparisons while they're unfair. I think they're all always going to be there. Um and at the end of the day, I don't think outperforming Gabriel Jesus is really anything to tip your cap at as someone who watched him play for like Fair. the five years he was with City. Fair, but like when you're in the media, and again, we're talking about fucking you know asshole pundits or teenagers online. We're talking about really, but right, you know, Gabriel, his thing is that he's being plotted as like this signing that's turning Arsenal around and everything. Dude scored five goals. I mean. And Darwin Nunez is getting slated on the internet every single day. And, you know, he's scoring, contributing to a really, really good team. Uh, and he scored some really good goals. I mean, the header goals he scored are, are really nice. And like you said, he's missing the easy ones right now. And his touch looks a little bit weird. He had that little injury and then the red card as well, too. So it's, you know, he's missed a little bit of a period. So it's kind of been start and stop with him. Uh, I think he's only going to get better and build on it and it, just like Holland, we're going to get better, I think, with his runs that he makes, too, in behind defenses. So I think the ceiling is really high for Darwin Nunez, and I just think he's been getting a little bit too much slack lately. I, w- I would agree with that. I think I think it's the side as a whole is going through this, like, tumultuous, like, transition. And, and then you top on the injuries. You're getting, you're getting moved from – maybe a, a wing role to, to centrally or you're playing a little bit more freely. So I think there's a lot of confusion. I think there's still a lot that he's trying to think about. And once he's able to get comfortable and really just play the game, we're going to see that, that kind of fiery player take off. Um, I, I think so far, so good. I, I mean, he's getting into the team. He's filling in the roles we need him to fill in when we're getting thin on injuries. I, I have no complaints. I, I like the the tenacity, the, the the intensity that he brings to the side. He's he's fiery and he, he's gritty, and I, I think he fits. Yeah, and don't get me wrong too, Pat. He's an absolute crazy person. I'm, I'm well aware of this. Yeah, I mean, I don't even think – I think every team kind of needs that. I mean, you guys had fucking Suarez – yeah for all those years so it's kind of like it's nothing new for liverpool i don't think the personality he brings to the table necessarily adds or detracts from him as a player i just think that 
he's going to be good, but I think he a little unfairly is getting compared to Holland because he's. Yeah. I don't think he's ever going to hit those numbers. No, I mean, probably not. I, I think I think the rate Holland is scoring at might even slow down. It looks like he he's picked up a little bit of a foot injury, and I think he well, he was taken off at halftime against Dortmund. I mean, we'll get into that when we talk about the Champions League too, but taken off at halftime because he was sick. He was like feeling a little ill. He played with a fever. So didn't have a Jordan flu game, got taken off after 45 minutes. So I don't know. I think we'll see. We'll see Holland. I think he'll definitely slow down. I don't think he's going to continue to score at this like outrageous pace. And Nunez will pick up, but I just think at the end of the day, yeah, it's tough compa- like being compared to a player like that. But like it's going to happen. For sure. Uh, my, my point about him being crazy was more so like when you mentioned it, to him taking his shirt off, like in a three, no three, one win in the community shield, he has like no context of like where he is or what he's doing at all times, which is he's pure, like, like cinema to watch. He like, he's, you just have to have eyes on him the whole 90 minutes. Cause he's entertaining. Mm, that's fair. That's oh. fair. Um, we digress. Speaking of entertainment, Unai Emery, good evening. Steven Gerrard, too. We, we said goodbye to Stevie, and we didn't talk about that because it, it happened the day after our pod, I believe. Yeah, yeah they lost to... Fulham. Fulham. Yeah, it was like 3-0, 4-0 to Fulham. Yep. Bad, bad fixture. Yeah, and then Villa went this weekend and fucking stomped the shit out of... Uh, who was it? They won like 3-0, 4-0 against someone this weekend. Might have been Brentford, maybe? Brent- yeah, it was Brentford. It was Brentford. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's a tough look for Stevie. Uh, makes you wonder if, like, the players were just kind of, you know, he may, maybe lost the dressing room a bit. Um, but mm-hmm. Unai Emery's in, which I think is a great appointment by Villa. I do, too. I, I do think the point you made, I think it was last episode, about Gerard trying to play a bit of a complex system with a pretty young side might have partly played into, like, why he couldn't get the best out of the team. Um, I think those Villa sides, like, with Grealish on the left – um the you know that 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 team you know pre gerard i think they played a bit of, of a you know a more simple system and you kind of saw at the end of last season gerard kind of getting the the team up to play that way um i think the injury to to carlos at the back probably hurt his chances like you said as well but i ultimately think that emory is going to re-steer the ship on Villa he is a good coach you know three Europa League titles is nothing to scoff at despite him also having a little bit of a banter period at Arsenal I do think he's a good coach and he's he's a, a good appointment for Villa trying to go yeah I think I think the timing's right too for him to come back and and take this side where they need to go mm-hmm. and probably the best fit out of anybody on the on the market managerial wise so you could argue that Arteta had a that first year of Arteta was worse than parts of Unai Emery's run at Arsenal uh absolutely yeah yeah but I think Emery was uh or sorry excuse me Arteta was building something and you could kind of see that I think em- like Emery kind of had a set way of playing and he didn't really ever deviate from it um and yeah I mean the football was probably fine but I think Arteta kind of had this vision in the, the board and everything kind of saw that vision and they willing to let him see it out and now you're kind of starting to see the fruits of that with how well they've started the season in the premier league yeah for sure he's a he's a really good appointment uh, we we talked about Villarreal, uh Villarreal a lot last year there they were a class side in the champions league like making it all the way you know 
to the semifinals, giving Liverpool kind of a, a test a little bit. Huge test. Um, so I think oh, he's going to succeed. Yeah. He has a lot of weapons at Villa, too. I think Villa is a lot about organization. Like, where do you put players? Um, it's going to be a tough kind of end of the year, I think, without Carlos. I think Mings in the back is still a huge problem for them. Um, but Agreed. I do think someone can turn it around with the right tactics. And Unai Emery has that experience where, you know, Jared's a first-time, well, second-time manager, I guess. Players might have doubted him a little bit. Unai Emery's been at the big clubs, so... I think he'll kind of be backed by the players, you know, from the get-go. I would agree with all of those points, Josh. Very, very well-spoken, very eloquently said. You guys want to talk some Champions League? Dive right into it? Talk some Champions League. We had a, talk about the Champions League. a tale of two days. Some some boring games day one, and then a hell of a, a, a menu of games day two this week. Mm. So do we want to talk about... I'm pulling up the table on my phone. Do we want to go group by group at the end and give our predictions, or do we want to go game by game here? Let's go. Let's just do group by group. And okay. We'll talk about the results from each group and kind of the ones that are set in stone and then the ones that, you know, we can make some predictions on how we see them shaken up. Got it. So we'll start off with group A then. Uh, Napoli top in the group with 15 points. They beat Rangers pretty handily. Rangers are just having a real tough time. It's, it's you it's napoli and liverpool guaranteed through yeah yeah or yeah already qualified so not much to talk about again we mentioned liverpool ajax uh ajax didn't really make much of the champions league this time around either uh napoli looks really good though i'm really excited for napoli liverpool on the final day even it's a kind of a simulation if you will i think it'll be an entertaining one. Oh yeah it's gonna be a really good game um we'll go down to group b then uh, Club Bruges and Porto. A little bit of a surprising one. Uh, Porto opened Bruges up, beat one that one 4 0. Yeah, they looked really. I, I ended up watching that game. They looked great. Uh, I don't know if Bruges rotated. I actually don't know what their starting 11 usually looks like. Um, but Porto ripped him open. Their goalie stood on his head. He had a phenomenal, phenomenal game and yeah. just a counterattacking clinic from Porto and a nice 4 0 win. Bruges didn't look particularly threatening for Former the most ref part. Player. Buchanan got the start, right? Tejan got a, a, a yeah. Champions League start. Not an ideal fixture, yeah. but he played bad. Not a. I don't know if you guys saw this, but uh, there was a cool video of Porto on the plane watching the end of the Madrid Leverkusen match and celebrating once they found out they clinched. Which brings mm. us into the next match: uh, Atletico Madrid Leverkusen. Uh, Leverkusen pulls Madrid out of Champions League qualification with one of the craziest endings I think we've all ever seen. Insane. So the full-time whistle gets called. Yep. Ref goes to VAR for a handball on the last play of the game. It's like ball in, hits a hand, hits a shoulder. And at first everyone was like, oh, it's not a handball. You, you see from one angle, it hits a dude's hand. Penalty gets given. The Leverkusen keeper makes a save on the pen. Saul Dominguez follow-up, hits the bar, and then Carrasco, the penalty taker for Atletico, ends up being on the line and blocking the third Atletico attempt. And that was the last kick of the game. Leverkusen, they, they tie uh, scenes at the end. You had Griezmann and Shabby Alonso arguing over who knows what on the pitch. Uh, crazy, crazy ending to a game. Absolutely yeah. entertaining. We uh, we got kicked over 
after the Liverpool game, and it was so fucking sick to see that unfold. It was perfect timing. The, perfect. the camera, the, it switched over to the game when it was like zoomed in on Carrasco's face right before the penalty. Yeah, it was a it was a pretty bad penalty too. I will add, he put it right down the middle. Uh, we'll, we'll move to Group C now, uh, and we'll do Inter Victoria first. They played at twelve forty five. Inter won that one handily, so that automatically knocked Barcelona out. So. Barcelona was playing Bayern pretty much just for pride uh, and got beat 3-0 at the camp now. I wrote about this game earlier in the week. Uh, that makes it six games in a row Bayern have won at the camp now, and it also makes it – they're one of three sides. I believe Juventus and Real Madrid are the only other teams in the Champions League to beat them at home more than they've lost, which is pretty impressive. That is pretty funny. And to go to a stadium like the, the, the new camp, I mean – over the last like year or two it's maybe lost its sheen a little bit as like a premier destination for champions league nights but it's always a decent atmosphere fans are always up for it so to to go there and be like no this is like a home away from home for us is, is a pretty crazy it's pretty crazy yeah and and javi i mean i think is finally maybe getting a little bit exposed as maybe not as as ready as people thought uh worst run and i think as a barcelona manager for quite some time uh mm-hmm. so Something we probably very, talk about here in the future. It is very funny as well. The two years that Messi left the club are the two years they're in Europa League and never <laughs> not qualified for the Champions League round of 16 with Messi at the club. That's wild. Mm. Uh, the, the Xavi came out today too and said La Liga is as strong as the Premier League, which is quite funny. Not true, but <laughs> yeah. we appreciate anyway. you trying, Xavi. Uh, Group D, this one is, is completely wide open, so we can still give a prediction on this one. Um, and we'll do... Frankfurt Marseille first uh Frankfurt won that one 2-1 to keep them alive after kind of a slow start in the Champions League mm-hmm. um so they're on seven Marseille is on six at the bottom of the group the other game Sporting Tottenham uh that one was crazy as well and Pat I think you were watching this one yeah I ended up watching the end of the game so Tottenham score a 93rd minute like last kick of the game winner and Harry Kane is deemed offsides when the Emerson Royale header comes in and given his no goal in the aftermath to that Antonio Conte is sent off. Um, I personally disagree. I was pretty, unless I'm like misreading the rules somewhere, I thought that if the attacking player plays the ball, it comes off a defending player. It's a new phase of play. It was, so Kane should have been on sides, or was, was he off sides because when Emerson played the ball before it hit yeah. the defender, he was off sides. So that's what deemed him off yeah, sides. Is there that were, there were two how I'm understanding in- that? Yeah, there were two instances of a ball transitioning to the to a player. So you right. had that first pass in. He was offside on the first pass. And, and then he the couldn't second... be offsides when it deflected off of him, but because right. he was in a position to play the Emerson pass, I believe is how that. Yeah, that's... I think you're right too. It's just funky. The hand, the the offsides rule has changed every year for the past like four years. So eventually, yeah. we'll have a solid ruling on it. But crazy ending, an, another managerial red card. Um, Conte is feisty, and this group is wide open because of that. Because now it's Lisbon on eight points Tottenham and Tottenham on, on seven. Tottenham reverse. So, Tottenham on eight, Lisbon on, Lisbon on seven, Tottenham on yep. eight. But Tottenham could lose on the last day, Lisbon win, 
The Stade Velodrome is not an easy place to travel, and Tottenham haven't been good away. Yeah, if if Marseille win, and there is a winner in Lisbon, Frankfurt, Tottenham are out of the Champions League. It's tough, and I'm looking at goal difference too. Sporting and Frankfurt both. Never mind. They both have lower uh, goal differential. So, yeah. If they draw Tottenham, Correct. Tottenham need a draw in that game, and they need to win as well to guarantee safety. They just need to win, which we've seen Tottenham are not the greatest <laughs> when they need to win. I think I have a – I think I'm going to have it stay as it is right now. I'm going to take Tottenham Sporting. Sporting uh, looked a lot better than Frankfurt when they – last played so i'm gonna i'm gonna go with that i think marseille went on the last day at home and somehow sneak out of the champions league along with lisbon that would be a favorable draw marseille i would take them that's that's my prediction i think that tottenham crumbled to the pressure i i'm gonna have to agree with patrick here uh especially with like the spotty performances we've been seeing in the premier league it just it doesn't feel like Tottenham have what it takes to go out and make it happen on the road. Um, yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Marseille and and Sporting. It's a bold one. Uh, the only other thing I had about this group, it was cool to see uh, Marcus Edwards, uh, the English lad, score against Tottenham, his boyhood club. Uh, I think he's also gonna go true. for big that money. Cool. He's gonna go for big money. Um, we'll move on to Group E. This is another one that could switch up a little bit. Um, Chelsea have confirmed their place. Um, I think they finished on 10. Yep. Yes. Yes. So they can still finish second. Yes, correct. Because they play Milan on the final day, so they could only go down, I believe. Um, Milan would have to win by, like, five or six goals, though, because of goal differential. If Mal- <laughs> Yeah. I think they'll have more points, won't they? Aren't they on eight? No, Milan's on seven. Oh, uh, well, then I don't think t- Chelsea are not going to give away yeah, that no. top spot. Correct. Yeah, so Salzburg could jump Milan. I, I think Milan could get bumped here. Uh, Salzburg, they haven't, they've only won once in five games, but I don't know. Again, Z- Zagreb got pumped this, uh, this week by Milan. Yeah, I definitely favor a Salzburg result. Do Milan need to win to to guarantee their spot? Yeah. Uh, if they drew, if they drew and Salzburg won, Salzburg would still have them by a point. So they need to win. They need a win. Ugh, that's tough with the way Chelsea had been playing under Potter too. And then you look at the previous result. That's not what I'm looking saying. good. It's a tough spot for Milan. I don't think they make it. I think it's going to be end up being Chelsea Salzburg. Um, group F, this one is also, so, so this one's same situation. It's 10, 9, 6. Um, so Madrid, I think, has clinched. Shakhtar could get in. Uh, they have a better goal difference than RB Leipzig. So Shakhtar could get in with a win on the final day as well, hmm. which is interesting. I, who do they play on the last day? Who? What are, what are, what are the final matchups here? Um, Shakhtar plays... Give me a second here. Uh, Leipzig. So that one's head-to-head. The, whoever yeah. wins that basically takes. Winner gets out, and if there's a draw, then Shakhtar go through. If there's a draw, 
Leipzig. Leipzig's on nine, so Shakhtar yeah, has to win. So, so Shakhtar has to win. <sighs> this is a tough one, too, because Leipzig are, like, fine. Leipzig Shakhtar... are better, though. They've gotten a little bit of a manager bump. Hmm. I favor Leipzig. I think Madrid and Leipzig come out of this group. Tough would, for Shakhtar, like too, because they missed a they missed a sitter. A sitter of sitters against Celtic. Mm. Yeah, I'm taking I'm taking Madrid. I'm taking Madrid Shah. Madrid uh yeah, Leipzig, what I just said earlier. Good good job. I agree with that. Yeah, I don't I just seeing what I've seen out of Shakhtar so far, um, I d I don't know if they'll be able to to find that build up play on the last day. Uh group G, this one's pretty much done and dusted. City in uh Dortmund could technically the goal difference is like nine. Uh, no, City clutch top no matter what because of the we drew with Dortmund and then we beat them and we have the favorable results on goal goal differential doesn't matter. City topped the group with the Yeah, draw. no, I'm saying for Dortmund Sevilla. Oh, work. The difference between them is nine. Uh the, so the point difference is three, goal differential's nine, so it would take a crazy situation for yeah, Dortmund not to make it. It's City Dortmund, I think, yeah. are pretty much guaranteed to go through on this one. And then the last one, uh, PSG and Benfica. They're already through. Juventus is out of the Champions League, uh, as well as Maccabee Haifa. Uh, shout out Roman. He was at the Juventus-Benfica game. That one was pretty wild. 4-1 at one point. Um, then Juventus bring it back to 4-3. Weston gets another goal in the Champions League. Looked like a really fun night. I know we've been talking about um, Napoli kind of as this like, dark horse, like not traditional top six in england germany or spain you know team that could come in and really shake things up in the second round of the champions league but benfica look like giant killers man they yeah they look really really good um i think they're gonna give any team they play in the next round a run for their money and it's gonna be a winner of a group too so we can see benfica knock someone off early they have a really good top four with david Neres. uh i think not jao mario uh, Rafa Silva is in mm. there, uh, and Goncalo Ramos, I believe. So really, really good uh, front four for them. They're dangerous, definitely. And organized defense as well. Yeah, I could, like I said, I could definitely see them knocking off a big player in the next round if they either, you know, come in and don't necessarily respect Benfica as a team that could beat them. Honestly, though, is the Europa League filled with more talent? The Europa League. We can talk about that after we finish the Champions League. Right now, the Europa League stacked. Yeah, it's, it's loaded. We're gonna we're gonna have some interesting matchups, like just interesting Europa League teams after these uh, these final group stage games too, because there could be some flip flopping still. Mm. Yeah, shout out to Arsenal. Wait, was that the end of the Champions League? PSV. Was that the end of the? Should we finish the Champions League roundup already? Did I forget that there wasn't one more group? No, that was Group no, H. That was, yeah, that was the last was one. I'm doing really well. Um, <laughs> we can talk about Europa for a second because yeah. Barca, Juventus, Man United, Arsenal. Sevilla, most likely. Yeah, probably Sevilla. Five really good Champions League teams dropping down. It could be Milan. Tottenham could drop into Europa League 2 if they lose on the last day. Frankfurt and Marseille are not pushovers. I don't think Marseille could get in just because of points, but... Did you say Atletico, Frankfurt, Madrid, and Milan, too? Yeah, Atletico, Milan. It's, there's a lot of talent in your... I might watch Europa League this year. I know. It makes me actually interested to watch the tournament this year. It's like a second Champions League. There's all these good teams in it. I'm not sure if uh, winning the Conference League bumps you up, like, 
how you qualify for Champions League by winning it. But would I'm not. I think is Roma in there as well. Yeah, Roma are in Europa. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be loaded for sure. There's gonna be some good matchups. Actually, we might have to do a Europa League roundup, you know, later this season. Yeah, I know. Boys want to move it to out of bounds. We have some funny segments. Uh, I actually have a late uh, last minute scratch that you guys don't know about either. Let's do it. Let's okay. lead with that one. Yeah, and I'm leading with this one. We're, we were going to talk about Ronaldo. Uh, he started tonight, so I feel like that story is kind of a little bit dusted. This came on my Twitter timeline organically, and I think you guys are going to have a laugh. Uh, so, Steve, and I'm going to kind of read this from tweets, so I apologize if it sounds wordy. Um, Steve Bruce, <laughs> I did not know this, in 1999 published a trilogy of football murder mystery novels starring his alter ego, Steve Barnes. Uh, no. And they have very acclaimed ratings. Um, the three books are titled Striker, Sweeper, and Defender and follow Mulcaster United legend Steve Barnes as he guides Lettersfield Town to promotion while simultaneously solving murders. I want to read <laughs> all three of them. Should we do a main stand book club and read that? What the fuck? That yeah, sounds like a... Nancy Drew. It, or or it's like Nancy Drew had a kid with like what what was what, what was the um, Real Madrid series of movies? The goal is it just goal. Yeah, I think Santiago. So. Uh... Yeah, San... it's like it's like those just <laughs> mashed together for no reason. But I dig it. That is awesome. Love yeah. a good football murder. I actually had never even like heard that, so I might need to read those books Yo, now just for the culture. Crazy spitball idea off of this. The main stand publishes children's book. Like, I've thought Pogba about goes to the witch doctor. <laughs> I don't know if we can do this either. These are these covers are hilarious and i don't know if you guys can see this but the top one there's just a guy like laying dead on the pitch no <laughs> i dude i saw this this was a big twitter thread today and it got a ton of like interaction and i was laughing rolling on the couch that steve bruce has a trilogy of murder mystery football novels i need to read at least one it, it, and they're written in 1999 too so these have just been sitting around uh Gives me so much more respect for him. I bet he is a great lad to sit down and have a beer with. Oh, 100%. All I got to say, uh, something Josh Ricker and Steve Bruce had have in common, both best-selling authors. Yeah, this is true. This true, is, this true. Is true. Uh, second out-of-bounds topic. This one is funny because I love when out-of-bounds can get a little bit reality TV-ish. Uh, oh, Morrow and Wanda Accardi. Uh, yes. Our favorite football couple. I mean, with keeping up with the Accardis uh, should be a TV show. Uh, Accardi, this past week, flew home from Galatasaray in Turkey to confront uh, Wanda over a post with her new rapper boyfriend, uh, Legante, and also called her on Twitter the laughing stock of the whole world. Uh, this I couple, thought they were back together. What happened? Yeah. I don't know, man. Supposedly, I think there was some beef last week on Twitter with them of – you know, he kind of like called her out as embarrassing and stuff like this. And yeah, now she has a rapper boyfriend, I believe, in Argentina. So she's not over in Europe right now, I don't think. They are the gift that keeps on giving in terms of entertainment. 
I love it personally. I think it is the best thing. Uh, shout out Sam's Army. They do like a keeping up with the Acardis thing on their Twitter and their Instagram, and I live for it. This I think it's hysterical. Yeah, it's it's golden. Uh, and it's been going on for years now too. So, uh, I would say that Maxi Rodriguez, former Liverpool guy, you dodged one there, buddy. <laughs> Yeah, 100%. 100%. (laughs) And then the last topic, uh, this was another cool one from Twitter. Netflix's FIFA documentary, kind of outing them for corruption and all their bad nonsense, dropping right before the World Cup. I don't know if you guys have saw the trailer, but it looks like a crack. Perfect timing. It looks so good. It looks amazing. Yeah. Uh, I, I was just thinking, like, what in the earth is, like, Set Blatter doing the other day? So I'm glad we get to do a deep dive into how shitty of a leader he's, he, he was. Uh, I'm really excited. Yeah. Uh, probably could do the same movie about Infantino, too, to be fair. But uh, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> I'm not the biggest Netflix guy by any means, but uh, shout out to them to drop in this, like, right before the World Cup. Perfect. Oh it's yeah, really- perfect timing. It's really setting the stage for what's going to be probably a. I think my my prediction for this World Cup is I think there's going to be a lot of political conversation and controversy that happens. Oh yeah, tournament. I mean the the fact that the documentary is coming out at the same time, it's like a hit campaign right around election time. Like it's it's the exact same thing. Um, you want to you want to highlight the bad things about this event to take away from the game like yes there's not good things happening behind the scenes but i watch it for what happens on the pitch thank you very much still gonna watch it yeah i mean yeah same (laughs) but i do think there's gonna be a lot of uh of political statements made by teams captains fans etc well not really etc that's really all there yeah. could be to it F- footballing federations i guess anyway that's not the point the point Who's is getting soup thrown on them it's a good question or mm. wet mashed potatoes yeah that's been a um, but any yeah I, I just think this world cup's gonna have a lot to talk about once we kind of get into the meat of the tournament uh so I'm, I'm excited for that to happen I'm, I'm excited for world cup time you know i can i can root for the u.s for three games Oh, the out of bounds topics during the World Cup are going to be a one because you know for certain there is going to be a player that gets caught with a girl in Qatar and is like the cops are ready to take him. You know that's going to happen. But is it, like what's the what's the penalty for that? Is that going to end up being like another like Brittany Griner situation where she's like being held hostage by the com- the country? Dude, that's what I, I don't know. I'm a little bit worried for fans more than players because I think players could probably. F- finagle their way out of it because yeah. it's the world cup but uh i think fans are gonna have a tough time that's like what pat's saying i think there's gonna be a lot of drama uh mm-hmm. but i guess we're kind of just speculating you, you never know but um that that was out of bounds three fucking knockout home run topics this week um oh yeah uh pat do you have an update on monk and gladback we haven't talked about him in a while it feels like Maybe talked about him last week. I think we're about the same. same Come back to me next week. Same page. <laughs> it's a, it's a tough year for the for the foals. For the foals. For the foals. The, foals. It's a bad year for the foals, and it's a good year for Mitch's wallet. They're not winning the Bundesliga. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we can look forward to this weekend a little bit. Not too much in terms of like preview or anything like that. 
Um, just a, a few to touch on. We, we'll start with you, Pat. We, we've talked about Liverpool a bit here. You guys I'm have Leicester City. Leicester. Are you going to murder them? We're going to murder them. I I mean, even without Holland, uh, Leicester are abysmal. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think Alvarez probably gets to start. I could actually see Holland resting this game. To be quite honest, for all you fantasy captains out there, uh, you might want to consider benching Holland and captaining someone else because he might not start. Um, I mean, outside of that, I think this game's pretty cut and dry. Leicester are like 17th right now still. Yep. This might be uh this might get some traction on the internet. Leicester and relegation. Oh, I thought I can see I, it did, genuinely. Did we bring that up last week? I thought I thought I mentioned it. I've been thinking about that. It's like it's getting more and more plausible that Leicester get dumped this year. Yeah, if they don't turn something around, I can very, very much see them getting in that hole that teams get in at the bottom of the table where they just can't drag themselves out of it fast enough, even if they turn some things around. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm I'm actually more favorable, I think, on Leeds right now, which is who we're playing. Uh, Leeds are on nine points. Leicester's on 11, so I actually think Leeds could probably bump up. Uh, I, I'm not – I don't think things are going to look good for Leicester, especially in the winter time when the window opens. But. Yeah, I, I think a lot of those players are going to end up wanting out. I could see James Madison moving in the winter for sure. T. Elmans is another player that definitely feels like he could go elsewhere. If the wasn't course he on the way out team. this this window too? And it Dude's just been on the way out for like the past five trips. Six years. Yeah. yeah, Madison was being courted by Arsenal. T. Elmans was being courted by Arsenal and Man United over the summer. So yeah. if things don't change and Leicester are like, you know, let's try to get some money out of you before the thing in your contract that says if we get relegated, you can leave for half your price happens. Uh, if things aren't looking good, I can see a lot of players jumping ship on Leicester, uh, you know, either this winter or by the end, by the summer. Yeah. Uh, so you're going to probably, I think, yeah, I think you're going to have easy work with Leicester uh, this weekend. I, I actually think the same thing for us in Leeds. Uh, obviously, I said the same thing going into Forest. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't think Leeds are a very difficult team to play against right now. They're definitely going through a hard period. I think they started off the season a little bit stronger, and they've been on a real bad run. Um, hoping mm-hmm. we can just you know take their defense apart, get a few easy goals, and wrap it up in an hour. Yeah. Fair. That that being said, though, I know you said Liverpool are back last episode, but it does feel That's like you're true. back, but back in your banter era. So you could also very easily lose this game. <laughs> Holy shit! You've been cooking that one for a while. Back bud. in your banter. I had era. it the minute you lost to Nottingham. I was ready to say it this episode. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. It's uh, tough, man. I I don't know. I I think you guys win this game, but at the same time, it's like it is. There's no certainty right now. They're like. The confidence hasn't gotten all the way built back up yet. We're still, like, doing this little flutter on the line of it. It's like, whoa, we're, we, we'll we put seven by somebody, and then we'll lose one nil to Nottingham Forest. And it's like, there's, there's just no guarantee yet. I think we're getting closer to it once we get these injuries kind of back. Obviously, the World Cup's going to happen. I think you're going to see a new Liverpool come the new year. Hopefully. Um, the game I think I, everyone's looking forward to. There's not a big matchup necessarily this weekend, but Brighton, Chelsea, Potter going back uh, to the old stomping grounds pretty early in his tenure at Chelsea. Yeah. Uh, I think this one's kind of interesting. You know, Brighton haven't really been at the races under their new manager per se. Uh, I'm just kind of intrigued by, by Potter going back more than anything. I think it's just one of those exciting moments. Um, What's it been three weeks 
Yeah, something like that. It hasn't been it's too like, long. It's like he went on vacation for a couple of weeks and he's coming back to work. Like, hmm. it's 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 much sooner than usual. So, yeah, Brighton, um, Brighton have been playing pretty well, though. I mean, looking at the result against City, I know it kind of looked a little lopsided in City's favor at 3-1, but they played City man-to-man the entire 90 minutes, and they, they look like a really good outfit. Um, I can see them giving Chelsea a little bit of trouble, but at the same time, Chelsea are playing so well under Potter. Uh, you saw that move that yeah. Sterling failed to score, but like that sweeping move that they had on the Champions League the other day. Um I do, I do, th- I do favor Chelsea in this game, but I think Brighton will definitely give them a run, and I could definitely see them getting on the score sheet. So it's going to be a little tighter than people expect. Yeah, feels like one of those games. Like, I, especially with Kukurea coming back too, it feels like one of those ones where the players on the other side could be like, "Let's turn up today, like get one over the old gaffer." Uh, I'll completely agree. So it'll be interesting. And then the last one, Man United West Ham, uh, two massive clubs going at it. You know, West Ham hasn't had the best start to their season. Uh, but United feel like they can be tripped up kind of at any point right now. I think they're showing major signs of inconsistency, inconsistency too, uh, and the drama around Ronaldo, all that stuff. I, I think it's one you got to mm-hmm. have your eyes on. But oh, I'm excited for it. I think I'm just excited to see what the starting eleven looks like before the game. <laughs> yeah, honestly, uh, I think United probably will win this. West Ham just doesn't seem like the same team from last year, but uh, it'll be a good one. Nah, they used like all their energy to try to make a Europa League run, and now the players just don't really seem up to it this season. Yeah, yeah, I think Rice is probably going to be on his his way out here, probably in the summer. He'll he'll stay through the year, I think. Doesn't start playing better. It's going to be for a lot cheaper than West Ham <laughs> want him for. I know, I know. Well, uh, one billion it'll dollars. <laughs> it'll be interesting too. Uh, this is a little bit off topic, but to see how the how the World Cup kind of shifts people's prices and stuff too. We obviously have like World Cup darlings that, you know, kind of get their big transfer, you know, deal because of how they play in the World Cup. This one's a little bit different because it's in the winter, but you still have that window kind of right after. Mm-hmm. It'd be interesting to see how players like Declan Rice, how their value moves based on just how they play in the World Cup. Um, Who's going to be the 2022 World Cup equivalent of James Rodriguez? That's what my mind immediately yes. went to was James. That's the best example there is, uh, you know, and that, that, that we always get him in every World Cup, a player that kind of plays his mind out. I think we almost had it more in the Euros than the world, the last World Cup. Um, felt like there was kind of more players that stood out then, but we'll oh, see. Yeah, It'll be fun. exciting. Um, Percent. That's all I had today, boys. I think that's. I think that's episode. So I think that's all we have. I think that's the main stand signing off. That's that's that. Yes, yes. Thanks for listening. Make sure you uh, like, subscribe, rate the podcast, share it with a friend, play it in an odd public space, please. All right. We'll see you next week. Deuces. Peace.